What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. My name is Colin Slager. As always, along with me, Tim Allersmeyer. Uh, so we have a pretty fun episode lined up for you guys here. Uh, we really had a good time uh, recording this. Some interesting topics. Uh, one may or may not be a little controversial, but we wanted to discuss it just for um, the meaning behind it. Uh, so we start off with Texas State uh, Student Government uh, Bands Turning Point USA. If you don't know, that is a conservative organization. Um, they just like to get together. They promote their viewpoints. Uh, they were banned, and then that ban was barred by the university. So we get into that. Uh, then Uber saying they may not be profitable. Uh, there have been other companies like this, uh, Lyft, Snapchat, uh, and the where I read this, they compared now how we are very high in tech stock and large IPOs, but those companies are not making money. Uh, and compare that to the last time they were this high was the dot-com crash. So implying the question, could we see history repeat itself? Uh, Tim, what uh, do you have on the current event docket today? Yeah, so Disney made a big announcement last week. Uh, they're trying to compete with Netflix. We talk about the new streaming service that they're coming out with, uh, the main differences in kind of the, the, the bigger impact and the, and the bigger meaning behind this in, in, the, in the streaming industry with all these companies. Uh, we also talk about a lady from Oregon who lived almost to be 100 years old, but there was something completely backwards <gasps> with her medical makeup. We'll, we'll get into that and talk about this really unique story. Ah, she I'm, almost made it the full 100. She almost did. But almost pretty cool story regardless on how she got to that 99. It was crazy. We'll talk about that. I couldn't believe it. Walmart made a big announcement last week as well um, about their workforce. So they're cutting back. They're cutting back on, on human employment and they're implementing something a little different. So we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll what talk, are they implementing, Tim? <laughs> we'll talk about just the, the meaning behind this, why they're adding in. Uh, robots as replacements to uh, their stores for employees uh, and whether we think this is a good decision or not we'll get into that we'll have to check out uh, the stores after they implement yeah. we'll have I, to go go have a good time and see what's what high five a robot <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah then since we like to incorporate real life situations and things that go on uh, with good lessons that either we need to improve on or have talked about, need to talk about something we see that could uh, could be better. Uh, I had a conversation with my accountant, got a few things uh, to him for my taxes a little later than I should have, uh, and he had really great perspective uh, on on that and his profession as well. Then we uh, we finished with our famous book talk, getting nerdy with it. Uh, I talk about practicing humility. Uh, and how that goes hand in hand with inner peace and the less approval you seek you might receive more tim what you have for book talk yours was pretty interesting i really liked yours a lot yeah so i talk about a book by adam grant called originals i think a group of students had to read it back at butler for welcome week i think okay i read it because they should incorporate that again yeah no it wasn't my grade but it was a really cool book i don't remember even how i came across about it but we talk about a concept from that book that explains why meetings in today's society, in today's corporate world, and just the overall cult culture in a lot of companies isn't as creative as what it could be. 
because of this concept that people kind of fall into uh, called groupthink. And we'll talk about that um, in ways that you can kind of overcome that uh, in regular discussions to kind of bring the most creativity out of other people. Uh, so I'm really excited for people to, to listen to this episode. Uh, episode 43, enjoy. I was walking out of my bank the other day, <gasps> and they have like a not with, not with stolen money. I was walking out of the bank, and they have like a TV that shows like cool news stories. Okay, and I saw one just in passing that made me go online do some research. And there was a lady from Salem, Oregon. Her name is Rose Marie Bentley. Passed away last year at the age of ninety nine. And oh, I'd be so pissed. Like at that point, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at that point, just let me cross over and then I can go. Almost made it. 12.01 and let me go. Mm-hmm. And she donated her body to science. And so her body was get, being like inspected or studied at the Oregon Health and Science University, which is in Portland. Okay. And one of the students, as he was examining the body, saw that her blood vessels around her heart looked kind of weird. And so it turns out after they... Um, they inspected her after her death. It turns out her organs were on the wrong side of her body her entire life. What do you mean her organs were on the wrong side of her body? Like literally everything except her heart was like transposed to the like other like the opposite half of the body. Like what? Where, like where they're supposed to be symmetrically with your body, every all of her organs were on the other side of what they were supposed to be. So it's like a uh, it's a medical like condition called situs inversus. And it occurs like once every twenty-two thousand births, so it's very, very rare. And pe- like people with this normally have like life-threatening like cardiac ailments and abnormalities. But it, it's like Rose, like she her entire life, all she had was like arthritis, and she was like an avid swimmer. She raised five kids. Like she she helped run her husband's store. Like she was leading like a normal life, like a fit life. Yeah. And she lived a long life. Like most, it also said that most people with this condition don't live past 73. Like, the, the longest living person that lived with this was 73. She was 99. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Dude, I wonder what was different between those people from 73 and her lifestyle from 99. Yeah. Like, yeah, she was active. Like, what else, though? It just makes you wonder. Like, your organs are on the wrong side of your body. How do you, like, just blow the record for longest lived doing that? It had to have been mental. I bet, like... I wonder, like, when she... It didn't say if she, when she discovered she had it or if she ever discovered that she had this. I mean, I'm sure at birth, you'd kind of... Like, they would let you know, right? Well, the thing is... The like, pe- when they scan the... I mean, I, I don't know, a kid, but I would think they'd check, do an overhaul of the baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it was it was just discovered when she was... By this medical student, when they were looking at her body. So, I don't know. I don't well, know shit, how that went down. Yeah. So... I just think that's crazy. And when she was in her 50s... Do you think maybe she just knew? And I don't it's know. a story because she died and now everyone else gets to know about it? Living legend. <laughs> but yeah, she tried to get like a, a hysterectomy in her 50s and they were trying to remove her and she wanted the doctor to remove her appendix, but the doctor couldn't find her appendix. What? Yeah, so just an interesting... Well, hysterectomy is that uh, they remove the uterus? I think so. Hysterectomy? But yeah, yeah she just like also wanted her... Yeah... Just like her appendix removed, preemptive, just in case. Yeah, but they couldn't find it. I like, just thought those like she had no appendix. Like it wasn't just on the wrong side. Doctor couldn't find it. There was no appendix to be found. No, 
So, yeah. So the lady, let me get this straight, literally had no appendix. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> not well, not even one. She's already messed up with her organs on the opposite side of their body, but that didn't stop her. Dude, like this is blowing my mind. Answer. Yeah. So What? Rosemary. Yeah. And from like a medical perspective, I guess, pay attention to even the most like subtle anatomic variations, not just the large ones. And don't judge a book by its cover. Because no one like... No one saw this. Like, I, I, like the doctors probably just thought it was something weird, like some random thing, but they didn't like look deeper into it, which is why they're like finally discovering it right now. But, Rosemary. Yeah. Science? Nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna live. Yeah. So. I, I don't cool. need science. I'm fine. It went to 99, dude. 99. Ah, I'd still be so pissed. Yeah, and I mean, and it just shows even if the, even though they're in the wrong place, like. She had the mental fortitude to live, like, a healthy, like, meaningful life. Yeah, had five kids. Yeah. And it didn't stop her. her, her That's organ, crazy. Her organs worked efficiently, even though they were in the wrong spots. So. Hmm. Interesting. Rosemary Bentley, you're an inspiration to all of us. Man. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. So, what do you got? T's and P's to the fam, though. Yeah. She died. Her, I think her husband, they said her husband died about 15 minutes or 15 years earlier. So, oh, if you said 15 minutes, I would have been like, <laughs> that <laughs> is just like some holistic shit. Yeah. So, good for her. Good for her to getting to, I mean, at least, even though she didn't make it to 100. Yeah. 99 years. It's a good life. Yeah. Oh, damn good, right? She got five kids. So, I mean, at that point, you got to just be bored, forever. too. Just yeah. like, all right. My yeah. organs are on the wrong side. Come on already. Come on now. But, yeah, but just shy. Um, yeah, so I saw something that uh, may uh, produce to be pretty controversial. So we never side on politics, religion, all that stuff. This is just uh, a video and uh, news article I followed up on. So there's this organization called Turning Point USA. They are a conservative organization. And they'll have uh, student-run organizations of the same turning point on college campuses. At Texas State, there was a video released of them having um, one of their meetings, and you hear people yelling, fuck you, and it's not like... To the people in Turning Point. To the people in Turning Point, yeah. And Turning Point, historically, from what I understand, does not have any... Viol- uh, allegations of violence, uh, any history of doing such, uh, any such profanity. I mean, you're going to have rights and lefts who both do it all, but I don't think them as an or- organization tolerate for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they're being sworn at, they're being cussed out, and then you see the video. They go into the hallway after they finish, and uh, they're just yelling conservatives or white pieces of shit, like all this, and just harassing the fuck out of these kids, right? Jeez. Other students are doing this. And then the Texas state student government decided to ban Turning Point. What? Yes. So the ones getting yelled at, getting cussed out for just having their own meeting. It's not like they're forcing other people to be there, stand outside, or yell fuck you. Like, they're not forcing you to do anything. Uh-huh. And... You know, the left is always saying how tolerant they are. I think this is a little opposite when you're harassing people who don't even care what you're doing. What? So what's the mission? Like, what's the goal of Turning Point? USA? So Turning, Turning Point is a conservative organization trying to just, like any other political um, organization, is 
promote their viewpoints and their oh, views. Oh, so it's like a, like a college Republicans or college Democrats type of thing? Pretty much, but... Except they're taking, like... There's higher levels to it. Yeah. Um, hmm. So Candace Owens, she's been on Joe Rogan. Uh, she's a cons- um, conservative within Turning Point, African-American. She's pretty smart. Uh, sometimes she goes a little too far off the handle for me, but she, she's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Kirk, he's well-known with, within that as well. And... You know, he was quoted on this, like, just despicable, like, you know, one of turning points, like, Hispanic leaders, and you're yelling obscenities like this, and uh, so the student government banned them. The actual university barred that ban, so allowed turning point to remain on campus. Mm. But I guess there were still hours of discussion held, and... And I think that's the problem. Like, I don't care what side you're on. You know, believe what you want. Everyone is going to read what they want and not read what they don't want. They're going to get all the information or not. So I hope you just, whatever you believe, I hope it's just educated and you're you're well-informed. And look, it's fine to disagree with people. Like, I've talked to other friends of mine that are complete opposite views of what I believe. It's fine. We have no issues. And... I just think the fact that because there was disagreement, you vote to ban someone off something to where they don't have their freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Again, regardless of viewpoint, I don't think anyone should ever have their freedom of speech revoked because it doesn't align with what you say. Yeah, That's like how the Middle East, like the extremists see us as the infidel because we don't believe the religious practices they believe. Mm-hmm. We are the infidel. They want to kill us. Now, these students weren't trying to kill other other students, but they were trying to silence them because of their beliefs. Yeah, and when you do it in, in the way they did it, like harass them like that, like if you're just looking, like if you're trying to, like what are you trying to prove from your point? Like that automatically makes your point and what you're trying to represent discredible if you're going to go after a group like yeah. that. Look, the loudest in the room are not the smartest. Right. And it's like if that's all you have is fuck you and conservatives are white pieces of shit – you're very uneducated. Mm-hmm. Like, look, there's people on both sides of the aisle and all in between that I disagree with all of them on a lot of things. But, like, if that's what you go with, like like when we were talking with Marquise, phenomenal interview, by the way, Marquise Martin-Hayes, a uh, good, good friend of ours, he was talking about racism. And he's like, you know, when people throw out the N-word, he's like, that's it? That's what you're going with? He goes. That's when I know you're done, because that's your last. Yep. That's your last line of defense. That's your last bullet, as he put it. Like, I know you're you're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what? What else you got you, after you, that? Yeah. You have nothing else. Yeah. And Very so, unfortunate to see something. Like I, this. I I thought. Yeah. I thought about that in the same way. I'm just like, man. These these students are just trying to be students and be around people like minded and just promote what they believe to whoever wants to be around it. Just a bummer to see. It's like, there are the kids, man. Like, what about in your student handbook? Are those kids going to get reprimanded? I'm sure there's somewhere in your student handbook where you can't do that kind of shit to other kids. So, I mean... Damn shame. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate that that's, that's going down. And I think, you know, we get so wrapped up in whatever news is reported. And I think, you know, sometimes all that is focused on the wrong things. Like... 
Let's look at the the micro stuff also going on. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big deal. Free speech is a constitutional right. Facts. It's a, yeah, it's a bummer, dude. It, it's it's a shame. So I I hope we all do better. Like have a discussion. Like why can't we just have a disagreeing conversation? Be like, okay, I get your point of view. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. Move on. And it's too bad. Like a place like Texas State, I've never heard of that place or anything about it. But now the only thing that I've heard about it is this. It exactly, has, it has a negative connotation. It has a negative. Exactly. Feature mm-hmm. strapped onto it. That's how people know Texas State now. Yep. Unbelievable, man. And and that happens on both sides too, man. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a shame that that's how people get known when stuff like that goes down. Yep. But. Anywho, uh, yeah, just talk to people, man. If you're not able, them. yeah, if you're not able to do that, then don't bring up your side either, because mm-hmm. then you're just trying to talk with ego, and that'll yep. never get anywhere. What is your desired outcome? Mm-hmm. When you're pissed off, what's the desired outcome? You're gonna cuss someone out. What's your desired outcome? Yeah, and then go from there. How are you gonna get to what you want? Mm-hmm. What you truly want? People love to just choose sides and and, and think of things as, as divisive. People like to point fingers towards people who make an environment divisive, but it really starts with us, man. It yeah. It really does. And and I think you need disagreement. Mm-hmm. And you and you need like healthy discussion in terms of educating yourself as much as you can. We've talked about it here before, but y- your opponent or your person who you're arguing or discussing with is going to respect you a lot more. If you make the effort and energy to learn about their viewpoint, even at the end of the day, you don't even agree with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if you can't listen to them, then you don't respect that person. Mm-hmm. And what's that say about you too? Yeah. Look, we've all been there. It's like, you don't want to hear it, but you know, you need to just mm-hmm. to either maybe change your mind or just reinforce your own thoughts and beliefs. Let it even do that. But just actually listen. Come on now. No need to cuss a brother out. Come on. Come on, Lee. And sisters. Come on, Texans. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. What the F? <laughs> what else you got, baby? Yeah, so Disney. Disney. Making moves. Hey, Walt. Making moves in the streaming space. So Disney's launching a, a, a streaming service, Disney Plus. Uh, it's going to be rolled out November 12th, November 12th of this year. Uh, so just like Netflix... A streaming service. They're they're in Disney's spending over one billion for exclusive content. Wow! In this. So all so apparently all the Disney content on Netflix, they're buying it, moving it over to Disney. Jeez! Uh, and here's the kicker. So the Netflix basic subscriptions like eight ninety nine, but like the ad free, like the top subscriptions like ten ninety nine, like yeah. 12, they, they've, they've they've increased their price. Yeah. So this is kind of good time. Takes for one to know one, Tim. Disney's <laughs> subscription price for for Disney Plus is six. 99 that's not bad yeah so definitely caught some eyes especially in the stock market disney stock rose 10 percent today this is friday when we're recording this but disney disney stock went up 10 percent wow. netflix went down four percent so wow. I, I wanted to hear your, your opinion on this because obviously like it gets to a point where we have so many different platforms for for content like youtube like youtube is free like you can get anything on youtube uh so many different platforms for content and now like different like these companies are asking themselves how do we differentiate ourselves, um, and I like Disney obviously with the price, but I think they talk about how the user like interface and the way you interact with it is going to be 
user friendly and a lot more simpler than Netflix. Who knew that it could be simpler than Netflix because Netflix is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's interesting how this comes out, and I think we're gonna start seeing more and more companies like Disney come out with a streaming service. Like you, you see Amazon Prime did it after a while. They had their Amazon. Thing. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't so, know. So I didn't know about this until you, you brought this up. Well, um, it just got announced, like, I think yesterday. Okay. Well, I didn't know about this until you brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, the in terms of stock going up and down for Disney and Netflix, respectively, I think that's just due to the announcement. Oh, yeah. Well, that's going to level out. And, that just shows the public reaction to it, though. And I still don't think Netflix is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think you might see more people get both rather than completely switch over and ditch Netflix entirely. Because look, people like their shows. Mm-hmm. People pay for Netflix and HBO and Amazon Prime and Hulu over just regular cable. So they might add, ah, if I add seven more bucks a month, that's still cheaper than getting... XYZ cable or satellite mm-hmm. per month and then having additional packages for the things I already have but I can buy as individuals like I don't need an extra whole package just for HBO or like right. if you have Hulu you can add awesome like channels too mm-hmm. so I don't think in the long run Netflix is going to see too much hurt I think when I think in November they might see a uh, a rise and a dip like this again, maybe a little more aggressively just because it'll actually be fully rolled out. But I think Netflix is going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, they've increased the price. They probably saw a dip because of that. Sure. But for the most part, like they're pumping out really good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have some of their Netflix originals, like Peaky Blinders, one of my favorite things. Dude, and that's always going to be their creative flexibility yeah. is always going to be there. The, the comedy specials, yeah. dude, the Netflix comedy specials are off the chain. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. And they don't have to, like Netflix as a, as a business, as an entity, doesn't have to invest a lot of money into these project, projects either. Where like, bit like Hollywood movies, they have to go after an existing fan base. Like make like a Marvel movie. Because yes. they invest so much money into it. And they don't want to fail at it after investing all this money in it. So they go after like typical like movie storylines that are going to be safe and that are going to be box right. like they're going to be able to make their money back. Netflix and these other streaming services, they can they can have the flexibility to to do a completely abstract concept with a storyline mm-hmm. because they don't have to invest a bunch of money into it. Right. So, that's I like what you said. Yeah, and, I think it's still going to be around. And I think there's still a uh, a pretty big gap in terms of audiences for each. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think you're going to get a lot younger audience with the Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be, you might see that in a lot of uh, parents. Like, they might get it for their young kids or something. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix, there's some rated, like, MM, triple X stuff on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can get pretty raunchy stuff, and you can you can tailor that to kids as well. So I know there's that feature, but I think in terms of majority of your audience, I think there's still a pretty big gap. So I think it's pretty cool that you'll see this. I think more people that try to do it 
we'll see less and less uh, return. I, I think it's, I mean, it's one of those where Netflix is kind of like the king of streaming mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Amazon Prime, a very, very close second. Yeah. Very close second, if not becoming equal, because they have some really good stuff on there too. So, I don't know. I think this is pretty pretty cool to see. Uh, interested to see what happens uh, stock-wise in November as well and December. And then also that first quarter of 20 and see see how they're doing and see if it levels out. Because mm-hmm. isn't like Apple doing this too? Didn't Apple announce something like this that they're doing a stream? Like I just think it's interesting how all yeah. these different companies are coming everyone's, out with this stuff. Now. Everyone's trying, trying to do their thing. And... I don't know. I'm going to stick with Netflix. Yeah. I have Prime. Yeah, because that was the next thing two. I was going to ask you. Like, do most people... I, myself, I bomb off my sister's Hulu account, so I have Dude, multiple. Dude, Hulu's tight. But yeah, Hulu's like, tight. For like a typical person who is who's going out, who's paying out of their pocket for everything, like, do people just do both to, to make... I, I think for the most part, like, if it were me, I would do Hulu with maybe a, a buck or two extra here and there for uh, maybe an extra channel or something or uh i don't know what you, like a subscription yeah but uh that and netflix and most people already have amazon prime because everyone buys shit mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah so you have those three personally i would never think i need to add anything else right i don't have hulu but if i had hulu then i have those three i don't need anything and i don't watch that much anyway but it is nice to have. Like, I'll watch something while I cook. Yeah. So that's when Netflix comes in handy. Yeah. But. I just love the competition aspect. Oh, you, a- you, absolutely. You go from, like, cable TV where you only had <laughs> this time slot for, for this program. But now, like, that you can you can pull up whatever show you <laughs> want. That just, that gives, that opens the creative Pandora's box for everybody. Just be like, yeah. And Disney let's, di- let's differentiate ourselves with the most unique storylines as much as we can. And Disney is such a powerhouse. Yeah. So. so yeah, I uh, I like this. And I wonder if they're, they'll have like a, since ESPN is part of Disney, I wonder if they'll have like tip, like typical things embedded within it where you can get an exclu- uh, exclusive content for like ESPN. Because I know ESPN is part of Disney, but. Man, I was and, forget and about ABC, that. And ABC. ABC <coughs> oh, so, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. <sighs> Sorry, coughing up a storm. No, you're good. So what else you got, bro? Um, so I I was cruising through a Flipboard actually. Mm, you like it, don't you? Recommendation by by your co-host Tim Allersmeyer, and saw Uber saying they may not be profitable. Mm. So uh, people like Lyft, Snapchat, they have had uh, similar things. Uh, but Uber saying even if they generate and sustain increased revenue levels and decreased expenses in future periods for many markets, they still might not see profits. Even though IPO is also set to a valued potential $100 billion. Oof. And last year, they also had a $3 billion operating loss. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, they got to still be making money, right? But they're also losing a lot of money. And one thing the article pointed out, which was super interesting, is this is the highest uh, that we've had in 
stocks for tech companies going and IPOing since the early 2000s, like 2000, when the dot com crash happened. Uh, Tons of Silicon Valley damn, jobs that's lost. That's an interesting viewpoint. And so this is the highest it's been. I saw a graph. And it was, I don't know, maybe five-ish years after the dot-com crash, and you start slowly creeping back up. And then in the last, like, two and a half-ish years, it just skyrockets. And now, they're about even. Like the 2000, the dot-com crash era, and now, they're almost even. So, So the question, is history going to repeat itself? So, I wanted to know... Which you thought we use Uber and Lyft, but companies like this are losing money. And how you saw is it just coincidence? Or could this be when we're going to IPO it so much and they're still not profitable? Are we going to see history repeat? I just think today there's just too many people online buying stuff and getting buy stuff online for it to crash again. So I, I like. I think it's just a matter of weeding out the competition. Like the companies that aren't profitable, they'll drop off and die. I don't think it'll necessarily cause them cause it to crash again. I just think we'll, we'll see companies just not survive. Yeah, but that's a lot of money gone. Yeah. That's a ton of money gone. That just gets filtered to the ones that are still surviving. But I don't know. I I don't think I don't think it'll repeat itself. Then that now those jobs right are now. gone too. True. Those jobs are also gone. If that company goes under, jobs are gone. Think about people who bought into that stock. I'm interested. I'd have to do more. more. I'm very intrigued. I want to see more. I want to be able to compare the, more on the aspects of I need what's to as well. the dot-com crash versus this. I need to as well, but I'm very intrigued. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good thing to... I because uh, I didn't even realize that I should actually some you know uh, my buddy Franco mm-hmm. I should reach out to him because he's super good with economics and I want to see what he thinks on this if he's read it and if not I want him to read about it and I want to get his his thoughts on it let, let me know what he says dude I'm I will because he's got such an economic brain it's mm-hmm. I want to ask him now um so yeah, I wanted to, to bring that up, but that's all I have for current events. But I think that is something to really keep an eye on. Did they? I mean, did you find out any more as to like what about the operating expenses about Uber? Like, they why? also had uh, issues with some like the Uber Eats like undetermined like revenues and things like unidentified revenues and such. So I think there's some just fundamental things they don't have figured out with money Mm -hmm. from what it seemed but it was a shorter article so i do need to do a little more digging i wonder how much they spent like how they how much they spend on lawsuits legal fees yeah i don't know i'd be interested to know that Hmm. i didn't think about that you know they gotta have plenty oh yeah gotta have plenty yeah but i don't know something we don't really take into account but yeah you got anything else yeah, so Walmart, Ugh, there's more. So Walmart is building is assembling an army of robots, it looks like. So Walmart just announced that they're adding 3900 robot janitors 
to stores across the United States. So this is going to be happening as early as this year. I mean, I think there's already robots in some of the stores now, but so robots are going to be doing like like tasks like skin. like are you talking like these little like the round vacuum things or they like, like actu- Zam- actual like standing robots. You know the, the I, I I see it as like a mini Zamboni. Like you know those things that janitors would ride on in the hallways to yeah, clean. Yeah, that's what they look like. Except they're moving by themselves. Some mm-hmm. of them have like some of them look like little like the zamboni with like a a high like pole on it so it can scan products on like the top shelf so they'll do things like scanning products sorting shipments cleaning floors uh readying online purchases for pickup uh so they're ordering 1500 floor cleaners 300 shelf scanners 1200 conveyor belts and 900 pickup towers which are all going to operate as independent robots gonna lose jobs i honestly think this is a good move for walmart um, cause you, you can all, you can always take the look at it like, oh, like people are going to be losing jobs, but you also have a business to run on the other side. Oh, sure. Like you're like, apparently like the massive stores are really expensive to operate. More and more people are shopping online and like the retail sector as a whole, they've been losing employees since 2017. So pe- like it just, it, it doesn't really make sense like financially to just keep on adding like human jobs yeah no business standpoint i agree it's yeah it's money well spent but i just thought it was interesting and like walmart says this will free up time for like the human employees to actually interact with the customers i mean of course <laughs> they got us of course they got they're, they're trying to make it outside of the profitability they're trying to to appeal to the actual so so they're gonna still pay all their employees they're not gonna lay anyone off they're not gonna fire anyone they're gonna still pay them to just talk to customers, bro. Some of those Walmart employees, I don't. Need, I'd rather talk to a robot than talk to them. <laughs> some Look, of that mean. <laughs> most customers don't want to spend more time in there than they have to already. Yeah, you're gonna pay people to try to slow down their day to talk to them to make sure they have a good experience. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Do you like when when you're in a store and someone at, like offers to help you or? I do. Yeah, I like it. Too. That's customer service. Yeah. Even if I don't need it, you acknowledge it. Like, I'm there. I'm obviously looking for things. Mm-hmm. But even, hey, can I help you find anything? No, I'm good. Thanks, man. I'm just kind of cruising and looking. I okay, cool. Like, but it's just like, but I appreciate the offer. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I did think of something, and maybe or maybe someone's like, oh, I don't really want to ask. And if someone just asks them, like. Actually, know what I was looking for this. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I like. The I don't one- mind asking people if I need to, but yeah. you know, some people might not want to. And there are definitely times where I need help looking for something. Like, I just can't find something. And I, I applaud the employees that like know how to read body language and can tell when I'm looking for something. And then they ask, like, "Oh, Dan, how you just you look know? puzzled and lost." Yeah, <laughs> and like you're looking store. up and down all these shelves, and it's just like this kid is not here often. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, th- I thought I think it's a good move for Walmart. I think you'll you'll see more and more stores doing this, especially smart business wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and apparently they're saying how this, like, having like a robotic system like this will help stores like manage inventory better, hmm. like inventory levels for people to order offline. Like they'll mm-hmm. be able to have a better idea of what they do and don't have in stock because they have real time data from. Because like I said, they they have they're gonna have 
So they're banking on having less human error. Yeah, that as well. So, I mean, there's some benefits to it. Obviously, less jobs. That's that's the thing that sticks out the most. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting move how they just announced that. And I think it'll be interesting just walking through the store and just like seeing a robot just doing seeing a robot. Like this stuff. <laughs> it'll, it'll take some time to get used to, but I guess that's the direction we're heading. I bet there's going to be someone who makes a video of like his friend just yelling at, no, I need to find... These chips, where are the chips? And just, robot can't help you. It's just scanning shit. Yeah. Well, dude, Someone I, will make a parody video of it. I just, I, I wait I wait for the day where one of these robots, like, doesn't see this old, like, 90-year-old lady. like Runs her over. Run, <laughs> Sorry, it's not lawsuit, funny. Lawsuits. It's have, not yeah, funny. You knew where I was going with that. <laughs> but, like, they just don't see a lady behind her. They just run her over like a, like a car. Yeah. That would suck. But Jeez, just a lot of directions this could go. But no, I think it'll be interesting to see this unfold, and I think it will make Walmart profitable as a company as a whole. Just a mass murder by the Walmart Zambonis. <laughs> the, the Walmart army. It's a Zamboni killer. But, yeah. Huh. So we'll interesting. Keep, we'll keep you updated yeah, on, on how that works out. Maybe yeah. take a selfie with one of them and, and send it to us just to show us that you're. Oh, we definitely should. <laughs> or we should think of something fun to do, like. Around the robot with the robot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make our own parody video. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Make it go viral. <clears throat> so uh, I I uh, got my taxes done. Okay. Uh, with like a few days to spare. Didn't want to rush in anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And and our accountant, he sent me everything with plenty of time. And my, my slow ass, it just, I don't know. And so I was scrambling like a few days prior just to make sure it's all done and it did get done it all worked out and i was like dude i'm super like i'm really sorry about my tardiness and all this and uh he's he was telling me he's like look for whatever reason getting your taxes to your accountant is the last thing on everyone's list every year right and i was like yeah i know but just like he's like look if i got mad at everyone that was late on getting me stuff I'd be in a world of hurt. And I was like, yeah, well, I appreciate that, you know. And he's like, and I'm not mad about the profession I chose. And I was like, man. And I told him, I was like, you have really good perspective, and I, does. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate and respect that. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. And and uh, I was like, man, thanks again. And, you know, that was it. But it was just... That little bit is like, the guy is not mad about the profession he chose, and he knows the situation going into it, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't get uptight about it. Yeah. It's like, man, if everyone just knew the profession that they chose, no one forced upon them, knew the situation going in, how it could and could not go then you don't make a big deal about it. It's like, well, I knew this going in and I still made the decision. Right. And yeah, I like what you said about what he, like he has the right perspective because he does. Like when, when you work in professions where you rely on other people to get you information and that, that's what makes you money, like in sales, like what he's doing, mm-hmm. you got to realize you do that job your entire week. So it's always number one priority to you. Yeah. And you automate like most people are biased would think, oh, it should be number one a priority for them too, because it's number one priority for me. Right. But no, like he knows that you have a million things on your plate to do during the week. 
it's something that I, as a salesperson, need to learn as well, like to develop more patience and be like, yeah, like not everyone's going to be able to get the information to me that I want all sure. the time. Like I'm not going to, like, even though like I can help you out and make your life better, like we have different timelines. So it's, exactly. just, it's just one of those things you got to, you got, you got to find out. And, and it's just like your priorities are not their priorities. Yeah. And use the time effectively in the space that you're waiting someone to get you something. Instead of being mad about it, convert that madness into positive energy and being productive and something else yeah. in the meantime. So Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Like so that. yeah, that happened and uh wanted to bring that up. So But that's all I have for, for my real life uh situations. So unless you have any, I'm ready to get into some book talk. Hell yeah, dude. Um do you want you want me to start with mine first? Or yeah, if you mine? want to start with yours first. Yeah, so I'm not gonna get mad. Originals by Adam Grant. He talks about the concept of groupthink, which I feel Ooh. a lot of Let's people get it. suffer from this. Let's get it. A lot of organizations, a lot of teams, uh, a lot of just people trying to fit in with the group. Mm-hmm. I think so. The definition of groupthink is the tendency to seek consensus and agreement on something instead of actually fostering dissent or like individual opinions that could make the group better yeah like people sacrifice awesome ideas by like deviating from the norm and deviating from what the group would think like they sacrifice having something like a solution that's even better for like just agreeing with people in the group so that they can save their own ass and not make themselves look dumb or not make themselves look like going against the crowd in a negative way. Yep. So, and and it talks about that. Um, so yeah, and I feel like a lot of people just suffer from that. And I want to talk about like an actual company that, that does that Bridgewater associates. So it's a Ray Dalio, who's a famous investor. Um, he started this company and this, like the, the morals of this company, actually, I think one of my, one of my friends, Ryan works there, Ryan Cotts. I worked with him at J and J. He left J and J and went there. Good transition, by the way. It's a nice transition, it's Ryan. It's a, it's a good company. Ryan, so, yeah. go you, boy. So this company like fosters this idea of like not like like your goal as an employee. They want you to disagree with people as much as possible, which is kind of counterintuitive what we were talking about. Yeah. They like that they foster an environment where like if you see something that needs to be improved with someone, like if you see someone that you know that they're capable of of giving more output on something. To tell them that they can do better. Ooh. In a respectful way. I was about to say, let's not get call-out culture with it. Yeah. So, like, the commitment is to promote dissent. So, like, when when employees share, like, independent viewpoints instead of, like, conforming to, like, the majority opinion, there's there's a lot more, like, chance that the company will make better investment decisions because people are, like, using their own ideas instead of just using the same process the company has used over and over. Yeah, we can't get better if you're gonna do the same thing right. every time. I just thought that was interesting. No, I like that because uh, yeah, I hate groupthink, mm-hmm. and as someone who just genuinely likes to go against the stream anyway, uh, this actually reminds me of this movie called uh, uh, Twelve Angry Men, and it's about it's an old film. I saw it when I was young, like black and white. And it's about this uh, group of jurors, and they're in. They're observing this murder trial, 
And it's about this guy who allegedly stabbed his girlfriend or fiance, whatever it was. And they go back to talk about it, make their decision. It has to be unanimous. So they all have to agree on it. And they go back there. They talk about it like, well, evidence seems pretty clear cut, you know. And they're counting off the votes. Everyone writes on the piece of paper. You know, they fold it in half. And it's all yes, 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 in favor of, of convicting the man. Yes, yes, last one's a no. Very last one. Mm. Everyone else agreed. And, you know, they're kind of looking around like, are, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, who, well, who, who said no? How like, dare you? Th- this, is, this is ace in the hole. And this guy starts going, look, all we heard were a couple of lawyers presenting evidence, and that's what they're meant to do. And we're just on a whim going to send someone to death after not even talking about this. Yeah, like not actually sharing ideas within the group. Exactly. And so he, like at first, he pisses everyone off a lot because they don't want to be there. They don't want to spend time there. They're not the one up for murder that they may or may not have committed. Mm -hmm. They just want to go home. Yeah. This guy challenges everyone. And with his one no, he's able to stop, you know, them from just bringing the hammer down in under an hour, right? And so they're going, as they keep going through, they keep thinking of different scenarios, you know, I, for whatever reason, this one sticks out to me. They were referring to what was presented during the case, and they said that the knife wound in the chest or the back, whatever it was, came at a downward angle. And they knew the height of the victim. They knew the height of the suspect. And they're like, he is not tall enough to come from a downward angle. Mm. And so it's like, that started different things, other scenarios. Then other people were like, well, then with this, could this have really been the case if he did this or was here, you know, whatever it was. I forget all the details, but that one, for whatever reason, sticks with me. And, you know, I'm going to spoil the movie because it's for for the sake of the conversation, but they end up not convicting him. Mm. Because enough thought and, and conversation and disagreement and dissent was put into this that when they actually looked at all of it, put it all down, and went through every single type of scenario that that could have realistically happened with the facts that they knew to be true, they couldn't convict him. That just shows asking one question, framing it in a question that makes people just step back and think, caused them to ask all these other questions too. Exactly. And uncover more pieces of the picture. Exactly. That's like in, in, in class when, you know, that poor professor is just asking for someone to answer the question and someone finally answers it. It's like, all right, that person did it. I'll, I'll get the next one. Yeah, I'll, I'll hook it up. Then everyone starts interacting. And then before you know it, class is over. Like, yeah, that was actually a pretty solid class. S- same idea. Mm-hmm. We It takes one to start it. Like you yeah. just, you have to have that disagreement. You have to have the conversations. And they might have saved an innocent man's life. Yeah. People just love what's comfortable, what's easiest, what's most efficient with just getting out the door as quickly as possible. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the problem with like what I noticed when I worked in corporate too at J and J is like people just dreaded meetings because we had so many of them. 
I feel like there's a book called Death by Meeting where like if you schedule too many meetings, like people will schedule meetings to schedule meetings. Like people just schedule way too many and much meetings in the corporate setting. So people are like less likely to like take them seriously and dedicate enough brain power to a meeting because they know they got another meeting later. Yeah. There's too many of them. And people are just so quick to get out the door. And yeah, I just I just think that's it's interesting. Yeah. And that takes it takes away from the creativity of the meeting in the first place. Exactly. And bringing new ideas to the table that are going to let like your function of your company grow, help your company grow, like whatever. Exactly. I wouldn't want to be surrounded by people that always agreed with me. Right. Because I know I'm not right all the time. Mm -hmm. How are you going to tell me I'm right all the time? Exactly. So, yeah. I love when people disagree. I've I've been in leadership positions in the past where I've surrounded myself with people that I knew would challenge me on something or another at some point down the line. Mm -hmm. And it happened. And it was for, for the better. So, yeah, man, I, I like I like that you brought up the group thing. Man, you're on fire today. <laughs> you are too, man. Appreciate that. It's Friday. Feeling good heading into the weekend. You know what we did? We just practiced humility. You know what I'm going to talk about in my book talk? Practicing humility. Ooh, let's get Ooh. it. Uh, yes, so practice humility. Uh, small stuff. And what got me was humility and inner peace going hand in hand. So the less compelled you are to try to prove yourself to others, the more inner peace you'll find. And I was like, hmm, all right. So we went a little deeper. And one, it also takes a lot of energy to keep track of everything that you need to brag about yourself to others. Yeah. Like you really need to keep track of everything to be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing really good at this. Oh, yeah, this. It's like, God, it's exhausting. And the less approval you seek the more approval approval you tend to get and so we've experienced this where we started doing this podcast and just because we wanted to we thought it was a good idea we still think it's a good idea and we're still going to do it regardless of what others have to say about it listen or don't Mm -hmm. that's it yeah and uh you know i don't expect all the people that we know to always listen to every episode. I don't, but that, that doesn't stop us from continuing to do it. And you and I have received good critiques from people mm-hmm. and things to do better, which we always appreciate. Yeah. Leave a five star review in the iTunes reviews and DM us on Instagram. We'll send you a free laptop sticker. Let us know how we're doing and how to be better. Thanks. <laughs> Shameless as nice fuck plug. <laughs> No, that's a good point. But uh, it, but we've also received uh, comments from people like, "Hey, like this is actually impressive. Like we're impressed with what, like how you guys talk on the mics and how things flow, and how you keep conversations going. Like we are really impressed. Like so, people are surprised at what we're doing. Like we have blindsided people, which is." I don't know if this is an egotistical thing, but kind of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anyone to know what we were doing until it was rolled out. And it's like, whoa, what are these cats been doing? Yeah. You know? And, and I want to, we want to, we want to play at the, at the top. We want to play on the big stage. And so we had to do something different. This is our different. And my mom was even like, you know, it's going to pop. She was one. She was like, you guys are pretty impressive. And she told me, she's like, your dad, uh, I think I told you this the other day. She's like, I was making lunch for 
your dad and I, and I was like, hey, I'm going to throw on one of, one of Colin's podcasts. And uh, he's like, all right. And she's like, I even read, read him the description. You know, I don't know if it was off the website or which iTunes. Which one was it? Do you remember? Did she say? I forget which episode it was. I'd be interested to know. Uh, I think she kind of forgot, too. Okay. Uh, she's listened to, to a handful. We have and... so many. It's tough to remember. <laughs> oh, 40, my God. Maybe. We have so many episodes. How we many? Have, we have Under 40. 50, but we have a lot. We hit 40 with Kristoff. 40. Kristoff Lewis. What a human. What a human. Check go, out Kristoff Lewis' podcast. Yes, go listen to it. Nine-year Navy veteran. Started his own podcast in D.C. Hell of a story. Incredible husband, incredible yep. father. Just check yep. him out. Yep. Uh, anyway, he, I guess, my mom goes, your dad instantly was like, okay, how can we market this? What's the phrase we can use? Something to sum all that up in a few uh, short words. And then I guess he was, he was also impressed with what we were putting out and was like, you know what? Two guys who were putting in the work. If nothing else, they're they're putting in the work. And like I don't say this to try to, you know, brag. I know we're talking about practicing humility, but it's just one of those things that we didn't care what other people thought we were doing and if they listened or not. We just wanted to provide value and help people. Cause and we like to talk about these things. We do it off the mic too. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go have dinner and we're probably gonna have a very similar conversation to what we just had. And but it's that thing we didn't seek it, and we surprised people. Mm-hmm. And one of the last things I read was, people are attracted to those who don't need to make themselves look good, or try to have to impress others. It's the quiet confidence, the quiet confidence, and just don't give a fuck. Like mm-hmm. we'll get you so much further. Because you know you see the people like, oh, he tries too hard. You heard that like in high school. Oh, that kid tries too hard. It's still the same. You don't want to see the people like, and he's just trying too hard to, to blow himself up or like, you know, just trying too hard. I'm not saying don't work hard to make yourself better, but don't. You don't want to make yourself have to look good in front of others. Well, and it's just a matter of being like we talked about before. Be authentic. Like, yes, you can share. Like, God, I'm glad you, you said can that. share your successes, but like. Talk about how you failed at one point and overcame it. I'd rather hear that than hear you just talk about like everything you're good at. Like yes. when if I hear someone just all they do is talk positive about themselves about something, that shows a little insecurity on your part. Like there's something that he's hiding that he's mm-hmm. not saying. Like if yeah. you're not saying anything, like no one on this on this earth who accomplished something meaningful and like accomplished something worth talking about didn't fail at first or oh, like, yeah. suck at it at first. Like you got to be honest about that. And just, like. It's good to like, like tell about your successes, but like do it in a way that's humble and do it in a way that's gonna like help people like learn from it and like be relatable. Right. Like if you see someone struggling, like if you're like a manager, if you're like so- someone who's mentoring someone else, and you see them struggling, like be honest about how like you were once in their shoes too, struggling like they were, and talk about how you got to where you're at uh-huh. from struggling from that. Like, cause when people see that you you were like everyone started at the same like skill development at one point in their life. Everyone was like at that point. Yeah. It's just a matter of how they progress. So it's a good point. Yeah. I love what you said, dude. Yeah. So I don't know. I liked that. And I know we kind of boasted ourselves a little bit there, but it was for the sake of showing like we didn't seek first and 
still received. But yeah, I and I like to think that for the most part we're we're okay at doing that. I know we're very confident in ourselves, but I like to think that we're humble, confident, and uh, you know sometimes we might get a little higher up on ourselves, but it's sharing from the heart and not the ego. Yeah. And that's that's also what I love about where I work. Man, we just want to love on people. That's a special sauce. We call it the special sauce. You just want to love on people and help people. And, uh, you know, whether it's, whether you have a, a DR in front of your name or you're the rehab therapist and nutrition coach, like, we're going to help each other. If they ask me to, you know, take cups off someone when they're still working with someone else, that's fine. If I ask them the same, yeah, that's fine. They're going to do it. It's just, it's the way it goes. And so, anyway, always, always boasting about them. But I love it. Yeah. Uh, humility, man. That's that's my book talk. Humility. Good. That's still, don't sweat the small stuff, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I know. I'm slow. That's all good. Been, been a little swamped with some things. But, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm all set on this episode. Yeah. I feel good, man. That was a fun one. Yeah, I liked we- that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. It was a good episode heading into the Out weekend. there topics, too. Airing on Tuesday, so I'm excited for this. I mean, we talked about the, the new Disney streaming service. Uh, we talked about a nine, 99-year-old lady that lived for that long with organs on the wrong side of her body. We talked about Walmart with the robot janitors. Mm-hmm. Texas State um, banning, then barring the ban on Turning Point USA. Uber saying they might not be profitable. Uh, then that being related to now we have a lot of tech companies uh, not making profit, but huge IPOs, and it's the highest it's been since a dot-com crash in the early 2000s. Had a little real-life example with the accountant finished with our forever famous book talk. Get nerdy with it. What, what? All right, friends. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you and your time and your ear. Uh, as always, Tim Allersmeyer, always my right hand man. Have a good one. <laughs>